0: Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcasts Network. Your
1: team every day. It is Thursday here on the Locked On Network, and you know what that means. It's time for crossover Thursday, and we have ourselves an interconference matchup here between the four and one Minnesota Vikings and the three-and-two Minnesota. Miami Dolphins. I'm Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins, joined by Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings. Crossover Thursday is presented by our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is so much fun and it is easy to play. No competing against other players, just you versus the projections from the house. Pick two to five players. If they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to ten extra money on your entry. And take less than sixty seconds to put your entries in. It is that easy. We love Prize Picks, and we know you will too. First-time users can receive a one hundred percent instant deposit match up to one hundred dollars with promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com. promo code Locked On. Luke, we don't get to do this too often. NFC North and not. AFC East. How's it going, man?
0: Going well. Last time I talked to Locked On Dolphins, it was my very first crossover on the network 2018 with Travis oh. Wingfield. Oh, I didn't know anything. I had literally just started. It was like my third day. So this is—I have fond memories of chatting with uh, Locked On Dolphins all you Dolphins fans.
1: Well, my my challenge is to provide you with a better experience than Travis did. I'm still very good <laughs> friends with Travis, and my objective is a smoother crossover experience than Travis.
0: Gave. So <laughs> I'm going on. Just let show me know what I got to do.
1: So, <laughs> yeah, Travis is great, but uh, let's talk about these Vikings uh, first and foremost. Uh, the four and one start coming down to South Florida, Luke. Like, what's what's the prominent? theme of the start of the season for Minnesota that you think about and how that can correlate to Sunday's game.
0: I think so. Every postcast, you guys do the postcasts too yeah, after. Yeah. Um, so every locked on Vikings postcast, I go on with uh, Sam Ekstrom and my first question to him every single week is, all right, what's the headline? And I think the last like three weeks, he's his headline has been, are they frauds? <laughs> like, are they for real? It's the most fraudulent four and one ever. Except it's like the third most fraudulent four and one of like the four four and one teams in the NFL. Um, you know, they went on a double doink in London against the Saints, they're barely beating the Bears, they're coming, they got a little lucky against the Lions. So like they are four and one and they've earned it. You know, you always you've you've earned it when you you wins count, right? Um, but there's a lot of problems. Defense is in a bunch of is having a bunch of problems, the offense is inconsistent. So we can get into more details, but that's the deal. But I guess I want to ask you, um, are you guys okay? Because Skylar Thompson is starting,
1: <laughs> that's it's the great. headline for me. Yeah, it's um, Skylar kind of got thrown into the fire against the Jets with the uh, Teddy Bridgewater getting flagged for ataxia and, and gross motor instability on the first play of the game against the Jets, and oh, it's been it's been a tough stretch for Miami because obviously the first three games that you play, you you, you win and you win in not highly sustainable fashion, you know, the bills possess the ball for like 40 minutes against you and tough teams. Ravens. Yeah. And, and that, that was the really expiring part was the fact that, Hey, you beat two teams that are like legit conference contenders. And we're not going to blow out the bills. Um, and then you finish the Cincinnati game in the second half with a different quarterback than you started the game with and you lose that game, but you were in position with three minutes left to potentially take the lead in the red zone before Teddy Bridgewater threw a pick. And then you finish the Jets game with a different quarterback than you started the game with, and it's a seventh-round rookie. And even in that one, you missed a a field goal with about 14 minutes left in the fourth quarter that would have given you the lead, and then you tried to press and get aggressive because the Jets scored after that. And you had a strip sack that turned into a a turnover and a quick touchdown. Yeah, and it spiraled on you. So, Mm. like, the Dolphins were in position in both of their losses to take the lead in the fourth quarter with a different quarterback than they started the game with. So this is a really rough patch for Dolphins fans in general. And I'm just sitting here Mm. hoping Mike McDaniel puts together a game plan and he picks the concepts that he likes, and the quarterback that plays the 60 minutes is the guy that he crafted those for. Because you can tell, like, they've kind of just thrown the game plan in the trash. It's like, okay, well... We don't really have a lot of confidence for Teddy to do the things that Tua did, and we don't have confidence for Skylar to do the things we had for Teddy. So
0: yeah, they're different.
1: It, yeah, it's it's really put them in, in a bind, where I think if you looked at law of averages, like you're not going to win too many games where you're losing by 21 points in the fourth quarter like you did against Baltimore. So the balls kind of bounce both ways on them, and mm-hmm. for Skylar. You know, I think you're going to look to, the, to see this team. We're expecting to, to get Austin Jackson back at right tackle. He's been the starter. He played 15 snaps versus New England week one and then went on IR. You get him back at right tackle, and he's not overly good in pass protection, but he's much better in the run game than Greg Little is. I think they're going to lean on what they were able to do running the ball against the Jets, and they're going to play it a little close to the vest. You'll probably get some perimeter screen type stuff with Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, but I think they're going to look to try to run the ball and take some of the pressure out off of Skylar Thompson.
0: And that's what's interesting. So the Vikings defense has been very okay if you want to run the ball. They are giving you light boxes all day. They refuse. I mean, like two snaps a game will they put a safety in the box. And that safety's Harrison Smith, by the way, so I've kind of been not liking it. Um, but he's been up on the roof all day. So they will come out too high, light box. If you want to run, you may. And they're just like okay with it, which I think is going to be really interesting like – they are going to ha- you're going to ha- like start your Raheem Mosters, and you've, like this is a, a week to start your your doll. like pick them in prize picks. Right. Um, but. Will that be enough to make up for the Vikings essentially selling out so you can't huck up a deep bomb to Tyree killer Jalen Waddle? They're going to have a safety over the top of that, and they're going to essentially deny that at any cost. Will that be worth it? I feel like is the central question on defense here. Um, I feel a lot better about that question when it's Skylar Thompson. If it was Tua when sure. I was looking at this game you know, a couple of weeks ago and I'm going, man, Tua to Tyreek Hill, is putting a safety over the top gonna be enough, you know? Or we, we got Patrick Peterson playing corner. He's old. He's not as fast as he used to be. And I this is a, a matchup to really be worried about unless, you know, assuming Tyreek Hill has all of his normal speed. Um but if they put a safety over the top, you got Skylar Thompson. Will it matter? Can he hit it?
1: And he he showed some nice flashes in the preseason, but I think the process wasn't good. You know, like you could tell that he was a seventh round rookie and you know, he, he still finds a way to make big plays and he's fun running around in the pocket and he's fairly athletic. I actually think out of the three quarterbacks, he's the one who can extend plays the best as far as being like a functional athlete. So if you want to, or if you have to get off your spot and then, coverage breaks down that might be the recipe for a big throw down the field but i don't think that they're necessarily gonna call them with a lot of appetite now i think what they will do to help encourage minnesota to stay in those deeper sets is they probably will come out and they will put tyreek on one side and jalen waddle on the other side as compared sure. to stacking you them don't on even the same need to, side
0: you don't even it, need to encourage it that's just how they live don't no matter what you do unless you're condensing everything and you're going 13 personnel, like they'll stay two
1: safeties on the roof all day. So it's, it sounds like they're both, both of these teams are probably going to get the looks that they want to give. It's just how, how's the execution going to break down when the dolphins have the ball and Minnesota's out there on defense.
0: Uh, Yeah. And that is, it makes this game really, really interesting and hard to predict because, and maybe we'll flip around and talk about it on the other side of the ball a little later, I think the Dolphins are going to give the Vikings stuff that they haven't quite seen yet this season, and I don't know how they plan to respond to that. Um, They've seen a lot of too high and more conservative stuff, but they haven't really seen the... It sounds to me, and I I, correct me if I'm wrong here, that the Dolphins like to flatten out a little more on the front and approach like zone teams that way. Um, But... I haven't seen that thrown at the Vikings yet, so I don't know how they're going to respond, and I have no idea if their response works or not. Yeah, kind
1: of flood the gaps, right, where you kind of get everybody walked up in gaps. We're going to play gap control, and then it's up to all those defenders along the front to make sure that you're maintaining your individual integrity and kind of build the wall at the point of attack and try to box runs in that way, and they have had success with that, and I do think, Uh, Miami's run defense has been one of the brighter spots. New England got after him a little bit with some backside zone, uh, inside zone in week one, and then Miami adjusted at halftime, and they they had a lot more success in kind of bolting that down. Um, But it's been really hard to kind of gauge Miami, too, because they gave up a 70-something-yard touchdown run to Lamar Jackson that really juiced Baltimore's rushing totals. But other than that, they, they defended the traditional runs fairly well. And against Hmm. Buffalo, they defended the traditional runs against Devin Singletary and Zach Moss and James Cook very well. It was the Josh Allen extended plays that he led the team in rushing in that contest, and they were successful against Joe Mixon. There were some one-on-one opportunities outside as that game wore on that um, Xavier Howard goes down about the the beginning of the fourth quarter, and then you really saw the Dolphins kind of tap out where they didn't have the horses in the secondary run with Higgins and Chase anymore, and it forced them to loosen up. So – I think there's some really interesting parallels um, with trying to run mm-hmm. the ball traditionally if you're a zone-based offense with what we've seen from Miami that ironically you would look at the Dolphins scoring defense and say, yeah, you know, that, that probably is not a great matchup Miami's defense versus Minnesota's offense. But I think some of the things that Minnesota does well, Miami has shown some success in defending, which yeah. makes some of the matchups on the perimeter, I think, really interesting in this matchup.
0: Yes, and we we'll get into those matchups because I want to talk to you about the state of that secondary right now. I know you're a little banged up there too, so I kind of I, I got some questions. Um, but first, look, we're all trying to make our defenses as strong as possible, and you should do so too. Yes. Like with your home security at Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. It's cutting-edge technology powered by 24/7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. So you always know that your home is safe. It blankets your home in protection with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras in inside and outside your home, and smarter ways to detect motion. So you aren't going to have a big alarm go off if a raccoon goes by. It will confirm when a break-in is real and a threat and then dispatch the proper authorities. So customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at Simply Safe Slash locked on NFL. That's simply safe.com slash locked on NFL. Save twenty percent on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit Simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL to learn more. There is no safe like
1: simply safe. I love a good segue. And that was brilliant that was brilliantly done.
0: Nailed it. You gotta listen to Locked On NFL on Tuesdays. Ross and I are competing (laughs) for who can reach the hardest on (laughs) Segway.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Guys, hit subscribe. Locked on NFL Tuesday, and, and <laughs> let's hear this battle unfold in real time. That's excellent. So uh, let, yeah, Ross let's Jackson
0: talk is locked on Saints. About,
1: locked on, uh, or let, let's let's get locked on on this Dolphin secondary with yes. some of the questions that exist there. Obviously, the the big player on Minnesota side of things is Justin Jefferson, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, and um, it sounds Xavier Howard came out on Wednesday and said that he was feeling much better and will play on Sunday. So okay. that that really hurt Miami against the Jets. And this mm. this is already a team that is engineered to play a lot of press man coverage on the outside. They like to play man-to-man coverage in their presser situations and in their third and longs and put Xavier Howard and Byron Jones out on islands. Well, we haven't seen Byron Jones all year. He's on PUP, had uh, Achilles surgery this off season they were hopefully be ready for the start of the year. He's eligible to come off PUP and like, he's not even practicing yet. So for the dolphins that, that layer has really complicated things. And then Xavier Howard went down in the fourth quarter against the Bengals, did not play against the jets. And it really showed because Miami is no longer a team that's able to play in your face on the outside and bring these pressure looks. dolphins fans Hmm. are asking where's, Where's pass rusher Jalen Phillips? Where's safety Javon Holland and Brandon Jones and their ability to play all these looks in the box and bring exotic looks? You can tell they're playing a lot softer. They're, they're, they're playing soft zone. So when they bring their blitzes, you're playing soft zone. There's free access for a conversion of a route that's going to allow the quarterback to get the ball out of his hands before the, the blitz gets home to the quarterback. So it's kind of been a – the. Uh, the theory in building the defense is from the back forward, their coverage over pass rush type group, and they have some good pass rushers, but cha- they've had to change how they play in the secondary, and especially without Xavier Howard, it's really hurt them in their ability to get home and pressure the quarterback.
0: Gotcha. So there's there's two ways to, I think, take Justin Jefferson out of the game, and we've seen a couple teams succeed at it. We've seen teams fail at it. But the one way is the way the Lions did it. it got them, held them to like 14 yards. Um, And they just sold out. They had a safety over the top of him. They had a safety on the other side, poaching any crossing routes because the Vikings love to use deep crossers and deep overs and stuff to get Justin Jefferson with favorable one-on-ones or favorable looks or just give him a lot of room to run away from a guy. Mm. Um, The Lions had success there, but it left everybody else on their whole team one-on-one and their other guys couldn't hang with Adam Thielen and KJ Osborne. So that's the deal. If you want to sell out, you can stop Justin Jefferson, but everybody else has to win one-on-one. Can you do that? Or... Blitz the heck out of Kirk Cousins. He's actually struggled a whole bunch out of uh, against blitzes and, and his blitz counters. I think it's got better over the last couple of weeks. I was a lot angrier about it, you know, two weeks ago. Right. Um, but blitz Kirk Cousins and just hope you can screw up the play that way. Um and maybe Justin Jefferson's open all day and it doesn't matter. But what we haven't seen yet, a little bit with the Eagles, um, and Darius Slay going one-on-one on Justin Jefferson and at least uh, holding his own, if not outright winning the matchup. Um, outside of literally that they haven't really seen guys do it. They had Marshawn Lattimore on him in London against the saints. Lattimore couldn't do it. Um, yeah. with no safety help, nothing over the top. And Darius Slay had some help. Um, so that's, I think th- defensively the, the question you have to an- ask yourself, are we selling out to stop Justin Jefferson? If not, he's getting a hundred yards on us and we got to win anyways. And if so, can everybody else hang out, hang on on the outside? Because, it's also, you can't do the Belichick thing and have CB2 be the guy playing underneath Justin Jefferson because he'll just win underneath routes all day on that. It's got to be your good one. You know, it was Jeff Okuda with the, the Lions. It was Slay with the Eagles. Lattimore with the Saints. Um, so you have to have your second corner or your slot corner keeping up with Adam Thielen and KJ Osborne. And I haven't seen anybody really strike that balance well outside of specifically Philadelphia.
1: Yeah, I I would not be surprised if they they don't try that route first. Uh, though they they did that with Jamar sure. Chase and Cincinnati, okay. where th- yeah they put Xavier Howard on T Higgins and played him on the island, and aside okay. of one misplayed ball, uh, that was a go route outside release go route down the field. That Xavier Howard looked like he picked the beat on the ball, uh, and he slowed down. Where if he would have mm-hmm. kept running, would have hit him in the face. Now. They scored a 60-yard touchdown. So you tip your cap to T. Higgins and you say, hey, Zavin you got to read that ball a little better and not give up a 60-yard sure. play. But then they played Javon Holland, rolled over top, and had Nick Needham, who's traditionally their slot, who right now is playing outside in place of Byron Jones, on Jamar oh. Chase. And then Jamar Chase gotcha. only really got cooking when Howard went down and they had to convert to true zone-type stuff. Uh, and then they tried to, to bring pressure when they were losing uh they were down by five and cincinnati had the ball in the last five minutes and chase got a big play down the field uh, because they they tried to bring the pressure on man so i would Mm -hmm. not be surprised if they are not willing to and they showed this against buffalo too where they said take the short stuff we're gonna try and rally up we're gonna try and make you string together 10 play drives with consistency Hmm. and and try to live that way and if it burns them then I would not be surprised at all if they end up flipping Xavier around and they try the same approach and then put Needham on on Adam Thielen. I wanted to ask you, Luke, what is is Adam Thielen's athletic profile looking like these days? Because he's been such a great route runner for so long, but the big question I have with Needham is athletically he's a guy who's more suited to play inside where he's got a little bit of leverage over top of him. There's not a lot of high-level wide Hmm. receivers that I think he can run with. What's Thielen look like from an athleticism perspective at this stage?
0: Well, yeah, to that last thing, they, they do like to condense the formation a lot. So mm-hmm. even if he is playing nominal outside corner, you still will have a lot of, you're not playing out by the sideline often. I mean, not always, right? But less often you'll be playing by the sideline. Um, I have been saying this about Thielen since training camp. It is going to mean a way different thing to you. <laughs> as Dolphins okay. But okay. I have been saying late career, Chris Carter. Um, possession guy, converted oh, yeah, that, third down, great. The, that in, hits different zone. for me. Yeah, a little different for you guys. So, <laughs> uh, but not that late career, Chris Carter. Uh, but, you know, that's the idea. He is not the athlete he was in 2018 when he was stringing together 100-yard games all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's not that far off. He can still absolutely get separation unless you're a real good corner. He's, if you're just throwing your random slot corners at him, um, that's not enough. Um, and also don't sleep on KJ Osborne who sort of broke out last year as a borderline wide receiver two slash wide receiver three type. And um, so, I mean, he's hardest worker. Uh, I believe he spent one year in Miami at uh, university of Miami. Yes. Buffalo guy before that though. Yeah. Um, and he's been a, a lot of times he's a slot. A lot of times he's a complimentary piece, but he's also very clutch in two minute situations. Um, caught a game winner against Detroit. So he's very cold in the big moment, that kind of guy. So you, we kind of got two of those like real, you know, third down, beat a one on one, get open over the middle kind of guys. And then you have Justin Jefferson, who is just unless you're black holing him, he's a total game wrecker. Um, That has been, I think, the the key to the Vikings offense is being able to find a way to take that trio and at the very least limit it. Um, yeah, on, on your side, I would do that. But I am very curious to see what if the Dolphins are willing to just say, OK, Xavier Howard, you're on Justin Jefferson. And if the Vikings are willing to do that, so that's what they yeah. did against Green Bay. Week one, they blew out Green Bay saying, yeah, we're not going to let Justin Jefferson go up against Jair Alexander. How about Eric Stokes instead? We're going to motion him across the formation. And, you know, you're going to go up against Eric Stokes all day or linebackers um, and, and doing a lot of schematic stuff that way.
1: Yeah. Luke wanted to also ask you real quick, uh, before we get into some game predictions here about Dalvin cook and his performance this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know he took to Twitter on, on Wednesday and was asking for anybody who had his statistics playing against teams oh, yeah. in Florida. He's in the so state excited. So he's going to have
0: about a hundred people in the stands. He is so hyped to go play. Yeah. He's a, like Miami dog guy, born and raised. Right. Um, but yeah, he's, his season has been up and down. He's got a shoulder thing right now He's he's playing in a harness and he's playing on something of a pitch count. They're taking him off for third downs. Um, but he's still got all that shift and wiggle that he always had. Um, but it's going to be, it's been a little bit more Madison, Alexander Madison than we usually see just because of his health. So we'll see there. And so he's also struggled to get over a hundred yards, but he's been very good. He was incredible in this last week's game against Chicago, um, he's still very much the the smart runner he always has been. Um, just you're not going to see him every single play, but Madison's been playing really well. So that that running back trio has been very good, and that running game has been very good. But like we kind of alluded to before, I, I think the Dolphins, based on what I've asked, I've I've asked other people about, based on those answers, it sounds like they're going to be a little different than what we've seen other teams do against them so far. And so I'm, I'm curious to see just how the Vikings respond to that. But if you would like to take, uh, take a look at certain skill players, sounds like we're going to have a, maybe a lot of underneath stuff available to Justin Jefferson or Adam Thielen. Um, maybe you think that Tyreek Hill can burn Patrick Peterson. Those kinds of takes are perfect for prize picks, prize picks, dot com or the prize picks apps it's daily fantasy made easy you're not building a whole team and going up in a big pool against a whole bunch of people it's just you versus the house pick two to five players in their projections it's that simple um and whether you think that they'll beat their house projection or not if you go to prizepicks.com you can get a 100 deposit match up to 100 bucks if you enter promo code locked on that means you put in 100 bucks you get 100 bucks slapped right on top of there put in 50 get 50 etc that is prizepicks.com slash uh or promo code locked on or download the app at Google Play or the App Store. Promo code locked on at prize picks.
1: Okay, Luke. So let's let's get into some game prediction. We, we've talked about each team having the ball, some of the key matchups to be mindful of. Um Miami having the home field advantage in this matchup. Obviously, there's a mm-hmm. lot made about South Florida weather, and it's still relative. The first half of the season, it might be hot. Well, maybe not. Buffalo Bills game hot, but uh, nevertheless (laughs) it'll be warm down there in South Florida. But I I certainly think the third string quarterback level for, for Miami is the kind of ultimate wild card here in this game and probably a neutralizer for that home field advantage that Miami has coming into this game. So you look at both sides of the ball. What's your expectation for what we will see on Sunday?
0: So, I am I'm struggling with this one because the Dolphins are they're an AFC team. So I'm always going to be a little less familiar and they are a lot different than the other opponents. The Vikings have played and of course we got a quarterback. We barely seen any of um, that said the Vikings kind of have a thing with backup quarterbacks. I don't know if you know this but they were losing to Cooper Rush before it was cool. Uh, they were, <laughs> they, they've lost to Matt Moore in multiple occasions spanning back like to 2009 Dolphins uh, legend
1: lost... Matt Moore.
0: Dolphins, that's right. Dolphins, Dolphins legend, legend Matt Moore. Matt Moore. Um, they lost a very embarrassing game to Chase Daniel a couple of years ago, and like these are like in playoff seasons, it's like a thing, and it's we're not sure if it's if it was a Mike Zimmer thing or if if it's gone now. There's a bit of a curse. It's a little cosmic. So we hear third string. Qu- Most teams will be like, "Oh, third string quarterback, great. This game's going to be so much easier." We hear third th- string quarterback, and we go, "Oh no, we're going to get." clowns like, on so hard here we, we go again yeah <laughs> uh we needed a double doink to get past andy dalton earlier in the year so i don't know I- i'm not taking anything for granted here uh, the bet online spread here is vikings three? by three and a
1: half okay
0: um i think it feels to me like the dolphins have some very specific rock paper scissor counters to some of the vikings favorite stuff so I'm going to say that the Dolphins will cover. No idea who's going to win, but I think the Dolphins will cover. I also see the the over/under
1: at 45.
0: I'm going to take the under. Kind of feel like the defenses are going to be able to figure this
1: one out. I think that's a safe bet to take the under, uh, and also smart of you to to take Dolphins covering three and a half. Um, yeah, give me the hook. Point. It just moved, to... by the
0: way. It was three when we started recording. <laughs>
1: Okay, so the the words getting around of the Skyler Thompson. I guess some uh-huh. money has come in since the Skyler Thompson announcement was made on Wednesday. Right. Um. Listen, and, and you talk about self preservation and uh, protecting yourself from expectations. And all. the Dolphins start three and zero. Dolphins fans everywhere saying, "Here we go again. This team is mm. cursed. We've now lost two mm-hmm. in a row. We're on our third string quarterback. Um, now." There has been significant progress this week for both Tua Valoa and Teddy Bridgewater uh, with concussion protocols. It sounds like Teddy Bridgewater, assuming everything will goes well with the rest of this week, will dress and be the backup for the game. But for Coach McDaniel, again, it comes back to if I start my game plan on Monday or Tuesday and I don't have Teddy when I start that process, that makes I just want to keep the same quarterback that I'm starting yeah. my game planning with because again, it's been two straight games where the Dolphins have have had a different quarterback finish the game than start the game. So, I understand the thought process. Uh, and Tua to Tagovailoa actually back on the practice field on Wednesday for the first time. So it sounds like you know, they they've been conservative. They said even if he's cleared, he's not going to play. And again, that comes yeah. back in part two football activities, being protective of sure. your franchi- your perceived franchise quarterback, all that stuff. Persever. I kind of. I kind of expect that the Dolphins are going to take the long term view here, and they're going to say, "Look, if you st- if you go back to three and three, and we have an eleven game season to play, and the team say what you will about Tua Tagovailoa, they win a lot with him as the starting quarterback of the team. I think they're okay with that. I-, I genuinely think that you know you you look at the schedule that comes up behind this, and you've got Pittsburgh, and then you've got Detroit and Chicago, and then it's the Browns with Jacoby Brissett, and then you have your bye, and then it's the Houston Texans." it's a very favorable next five game stretch. So I think that also feeds all the into- 500
0: come back. Yeah.
1: Right. Right. I think that feeds into the decision to play the long game here and, and let's just do what the coach wants to do for the sake of the game plan. But for me to protect myself and my mental well-being, I'm coming into this game with no expectations. Okay. I'll take the team with the starting quarterback to win the game. So I'll pick Minnesota right. to win this football game
0: i will I'll, I'll i'll go with you there i'll say vikings win but the, the dolphins are they all i mean tua is like famously good against the spread and your backup's teddy Spreadwater. so i'm never <laughs> gonna pick against the dolphins with the spread
1: teddy's um, like outrageously good against the spread
0: i had and no had, idea had in, had until multiple like spots from. too like yeah all the way back to here in minnesota i i was like a huge i love teddy bridgewater so much i hope you guys are taking good care of him over there he's like one of my favorite players of all time um, cause when I first got into like covering the Vikings, he was the quarterback. So he has this, holds this very special place yeah. in my heart. Um, but so I kind of like a part of me was really hoping we would see him cause I just like watching him. I just like him. Um, but I'll say the, the Vikings win. What would it be a, what would a two point win be on a 42, like 22 to 20? There it is. 22, 20 Vikings. Yeah. It's the under 22. that's the Vikings covering or the dolphins covering, but the Vikings winning 23, 20, call it that. Yeah.
1: And I will go with 20-16 Vikings All Right. Win. So it'll be close to There game.
0: it is. Going gonna to see some messy stuff go on here. But oh, I yeah. will say the Vikings defense has been a catastrophe. They've messed up their zones a lot. Their pass rush isn't getting home a lot. If ever there were a moment for Skylar Thompson to get into a rhythm and figure it out, if you wanted to do some conservative play calls right off the bat, do some rhythm things, some sprint outs or whatever your, your get him in rhythm play is, call a couple of those right off the bat, you can get away with it. And th- this is definitely not a world where you're going to see Skylar Thompson fall apart, throw four picks and get six points. The Vikings are not the defense that earns that. So there is a there's a world. I'll, I'll tell you that.
1: Well, it's going to be an entertaining game regardless. And Luke, we don't get to do these too often. As we said, it's been four years since the last time we had the Locked on Dolphins, Locked on Vikings crossover. But hope everybody enjoyed this crossover Thursday here on the Locked on Network. Your team every day. We don't just say we live it here on the Locked on Network. Make sure you hit subscribe to Locked on Vikings for all of your Vikings updates throughout the season and the offseason. Locked on Dolphins and make sure you check out Locked On NFL and all of the other great podcasts that we have here in the Locked On network as well. Luke Braun, Kyle Krabs, signing off. Thanks for checking out the crossover Thursday, and enjoy the game on Sunday.